as we return to Harry Potter, we are starting on Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and Chapter 11, Aboard the Hogwarts Express. We start with the end of holiday gloom that Harry is and the family is experiencing that is defined or supported by the heavy rain that they are dealing <laughs> with this day. Mm-hmm. So they all are getting dressed, getting their things ready. And as they're headed downstairs, they see Molly looking up the stairs and calling for Arthur. Mm-hmm. Because there's an urgent message from the ministry. Yep. So they all flatten themselves against the wall so Mr. Weasley can come down with his robes on back to front. <laughs> and he hurtled through and out of sight. Yes. But when they entered the kitchen, they saw Mr. Miss Weasley rummaging anxiously through his drawers to get something to write with. Um, and Harry thinks he's lost his mind because there's a head in their fireplace. And it ha- at, at the head of somebody he knows. It's Amos Diggory just mm-hmm. hanging out. In the fireplace. Yeah, because that's normal, and we're going to pretend that's normal and not explain it to Harry at all. Right? I know. I like how they just, they don't explain that at all to him. They're just like, yep, here we go, and just keep going. Don't mind this, Harry. This is just a head in the fireplace. sometimes. Um, Yeah. We're good. Yeah. So, then we get information, and Mm -hmm. we're starting to learn about a disturbance where there were muggle neighbors around. And And all sorts of bad things. All sorts of bad things. The muggles called those please men. (laughs) Which I think is really funny um, (laughs) based on a later interaction in like the 12th chapter. Yeah. 13th chapter? Something. Something something a little bit farther down. There's a really interesting comparison that's going to happen there. Mm -hmm. um, That he can't seem to remember what the police men are called. Yes. And then the doomed word. If Rita Skeeter gets a hold of this one... Yep. Which means she totally is going to get a hold of this one. Yes. So yes. so from this, we sit there and learn that some person named Mad-Eye felt, thought that someone was intruding and started casting spells and was... Just, just creating a general ruckus. Just, yeah, just creating, like... trying to solve problems. Yeah, just creating a general ruckus. And, like, through this conversation, we hear that they don't quite believe that someone was intruding. Uh, for Mad-Eye, because... He struggles a little bit to ascertain what real threats are, just because he has a lot of paranoia in him, based yes. on, like, how many enemies he's built up over the years. Yes. So, Mr. Weasley's kind of getting ready, and Amos is just like, alright, I said what I needed to, I'm gonna head out. And Mrs. Weasley feeds him a piece of toast, which I'm just like, I'm very curious as to how this works. <laughs> So, like, here's my theory. So, like, because it's, you know, uh, you're using fireplace community, it's, I feel like it has to be, like, you have to pull it out to, like, go back and eat it. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it would still be in the fire because it's still hot. So, like, or does it go to this alternate plane where Amos's head is in the fire? So, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I want more explanations as to how this works. <laughs> that is a fair desire. Um... But anyways, I kind of, like, enjoy this, like, small intro to Mad-Eye Moody. Because we kind of learn about how, like, he used to be an Auror. He was one of the best. We figure out what an Auror is. We figure out what an Auror is. Uh, dark Wizard Catcher. And how, like, half of the cells in Azkaban are full because of Moody. But through all this, he made a lot of energy. 
I almost said energies. Same thing, enemies. And because he has a lot of enemies, he kind of became very paranoid that everyone and everything is out to get him. So he's not a very reliable source of information. Or determining danger. I don't know if information is exactly right. I guess so. Yeah. You're now, right. I think your statement is what other people would say. I just am being critical. No, I think, no, you're right. You're right. Dan- danger is a more accurate statement than mm-hmm. information. Because as we all know, someone did intrude. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Someone did intrude. But anyway, so now Arthur heads off. After making sure that Molly will be good to take, take all the kids to, to the, the station. Platform. Yes. Which I think is so cute. It brings me back to that like foundation relationship thing. Yes. And we're getting to see it so much more in this book, and I love it. <laughs> so, Bill and Charlie decide to come along. Percy can't justify taking more time off at the moment. You know, Mr. Crouch is really starting to rely on me. Which I think is really funny that that's, like, where, the way he phrased it. Because, like, I think if I were in Percy's shoes, I'd also be like, I can't take more time off. But that would more be my, like, American mindset of, like, I don't have the time to take off. Like, would they think bad about me if I took time off just to bring my brother to school? He doesn't really need the support, does he? Like, am I a good enough person? <laughs> well, and I think, like, I have similar thoughts when I sit there and take off. But for, like, being an educator, you just have this, like, natural set, like, this implicit feeling of guilt if you take like a personal day off work yeah because what about the children because what about the children and then like i think because like right now um i have a very hard group of kids that i share with a general ed teacher and both of us are very well aware of this that they're very difficult i'm pretty all of student services in our school knows how challenging this one class is yep and so it's just like a running joke that like we can't get sick at the same time. We can't take off at the same time. Otherwise, this class will explode. (laughs) And it's like, it's, you know, been over half a year. And we're still struggling on managing all of the behaviors and all of the needs of these students. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's crazy enough to the point that this team, um, my this teacher sat there and said that she had a dream where we both quit <laughs> because of this one class. And, um, you know, we sit there and we recognize, luckily, like, as you become more experienced as a teacher, you kind of sit there and go, my mental health is just as important mm-hmm. as the children. I need the time off. I need the break. <laughs> Which makes it feel better. Granted, you still feel guilty and you so really... guilty! You still feel guilty and you really hope things don't turn to absolute crap while you're gone. And then if you if they do turn to absolute crap, then you feel even worse because you could have been there. Oh my goodness. So I... This makes me think about the one time I was feeling guilty because I... But I was like taking off time to go to a conference to learn new skills that I like felt would be really beneficial for my kids, Right. And so I am, you know, prefacing that I'm going to be gone with one of my kiddos. And he's like, well, why are you going to be gone? And I'm like, because I'm going to go and I'm going to learn some new things so I can be better at my job. And he's like, you don't need to be better at your job. You're perfect at your job. Just stay here. <laughs> and like, that's the part that gets me is like when I am gone for like a very legitimate work thing, 
they don't want me to go. And then, like, if it's not a legitimate thing, it makes me feel worse. But I also have to remember that, like, I'm important. Mm-hmm. And I need to take care of me. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm not taking care of those kiddos. Right. And this is going to bring me back to a completely unrelated tangent that you're going to have to kick me off of before we, so we can get back to Harry Potter at some point. Okay. Which is, like, the argument that, like, teachers shouldn't get paid very much, or get paid anymore, because they're doing it for the kids. But, like, if I can't take care of myself as a human and make sure that I am my best me, and if I am not getting properly compensated for the level of education I have and the level of work I put in, then... I cannot be a good teacher for these kids. I cannot be a good person for these kids. I cannot be a good role model because I'm too busy trying to figure out how to function as a human being. Yep. And I'm just not the best me. So if I want it to be about the kids, then yes, I need you to pay me a livable salary. Yes. Livable salary. You know? More, like, breaks. Because, you know, they sit there and they say summer breaks. But it's a long time till summer break. The January, February time is the absolute worst time for a teacher because mm-hmm. there's less sunlight. Teachers are starting to get a little depressed. The kids are depressed. The kids are, and the kids are acting out because they're depressed. And like beyond that, they're also burnt out. Like we talk about how teachers get burnt out, but like when we go for the slog too long, the t- kids also get burnt out. They aren't more capable or more have a stronger capacity for resiliency just because their brain isn't fully developed yet. In fact, I'm pretty sure it works the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're burnt out, too. And, like, that's why the system of, like, giving regular consistent breaks throughout the year and then having shorter breaks instead of one long one would actually be better for everybody. Yes. And then we're also avoiding the summer slide. Yes. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we're, we're trying to get year-round school here in the States. Please help us. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else is with me, but I'm with me. I'm with you. I'm pretty sure any every teacher I've talked to that would talk about this, they're like, no, that would be very beneficial. I actually said that I wanted to be in schools. Um, one of the things that, like, somebody, like, came at me with where they're like, you know, you won't always get summers off. And I'm like, great, I'm terrible at having the summer off. <laughs> like, it's nice because theoretically there's lots I could do. Mm-hmm. But do you know what? I have so much time, I do absolutely zero of it. Last summer, I was like, woo, I could, like, dive this summer. Because I scuba dive. That's my hobby. I love it. I adore it. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, I was like, I have all summer off. I could dive a ton. I could do a ton of things. Woo, woo. I did nothing. Yep. I, nothing. I got a job working at daycare, so I would get out of bed. But that's about all I did all summer. Like, I need the structure. <laughs> I need the things. If it goes too long, I will do nothing. But if I have a short time frame that I have to get everything I need to get done in, I will plan and I will not procrastinate. Yep. Nope. I'm I'm very similar. This past su- the most this past summer, I was relatively productive, but that was because I had to be. I'm going back to school to get my master's, and I got married. So like it was a relatively busy summer for me. This upcoming summer, all I have are classes, which will take up some of my time, but not all of my time. And it's very much the same thing. If I have a short break, I'm like, all right, I got to deep clean the house. I want to sit there and, like, get all this other stuff done. And then, you know, making sure I have, like, a couple days where I can do, like, nothing and just relax. 
But when I have too much time, I just sit there. I'm like, ah, this could wait till tomorrow. And then I do nothing. And then we get out of our routines just in time to go back. And then we're cranky because we want to go back to sleep too. Yep. (laughs) Year-round school, people. Year-round school. Please look up the benefits because there are plenty. So, back to Matt Ivy. Yes. Um, he, then we get to learn a little, so we learned about his history and how he's thought very fond of, and I love this uh, joke that comes up where he's just like, well, your father thinks very highly of him. And then they're like, yeah, well, dad collects plugs. So, <laughs> <laughs> true. But anyway, so everyone but Percy, so Bill and Charlie, decide to sit there and come up with them to see them off. But because everything is chaos at the mili- ministry, I almost said military, not military, ministry, mm-hmm. is all chaos. They couldn't rent any cars. And again, like, they can't just apparently, like, apparate with the children onto platform nine and three quarters. Yeah, because that would be bonkers. Right, because that would be bonkers. So they sit there and they call and hire several regular taxis. <laughs> And those taxi drivers are not pleased with this situation. They are not. No one is pleased with this situation, really, because the cab drivers have to deal with two owls and And a a cat. cat. One of the owls is constantly making noise, which then, like... (laughs) And then the fireworks! And then the fireworks! Because the we, like... Because the twins... The twins brought wet starch fireworks, and somehow they must have gotten wet. <laughs> oh, I thought... Yeah, so... The no-heat wet start fireworks went off unexpectedly. And scared the cat, so one of the drivers then had a cat clawing up their leg. Yep. Oh, it was a big old mess, but what else could it be when the Weasleys are trying to get somewhere? Yes. Eventually, they make it to their destination. Kind of scratched up a little bit. And all so thankful to get out of the cabs that they do not care that they're walking out into the rain. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Which, you know, kind of relatable to. Yes. So they get there. They eventually sit there and try to inconspicuously take the secret passage. Which always amuses me because I'm just like... You've tipped, like, are they like, they're like, oh, yes, we've had so much practice with this. I'm like, you've had one year of practice with this. The first two years, you guys just ran at the wall. <laughs> that is a good point, but they, they're supposed to run at the wall if they feel uncomfortable going through a brick wall. Right. So, like, I can see it. I can see it, but they're just like, oh, they've had, because it was just like, um. Hermione's had three, though. Hermione's had three. Yes. Hermione, Her- Hermione. Hermione probably has the most pre- practice, but they're just like, yeah, like in a in a in an unobtrusive way, so as to avoid attracting Muggle attention. Like, uh, yeah, like they like the like the way that I I don't know. I think I just read that, and I'm just like, all right. But the first two years, we know for sure that they just ran. Yep. So they only had this is they've only like for sure Harry and Ron have only tried this way once, and that was last year. Yeah. They have no right to pretend that this is just, like, an everyday occurrence. True. But anyways, they make it over there, and they're all saying their goodbyes. Um, 
and you know Char like Charlie slowly drop dropping hints about the yeah. uh, upcoming events, and he's just like, "Oh, well, I might see be- see you guys sooner than you think." Don't tell Percy though, because it's classified information. So, so until the ministry sees fit to blobbly bloody blue. Yep. That's how well I remembered his quote. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Until such time as the ministry seems fit to release it. Yeah, that one. Yep. And so Bill and Charlie are just having a fun time, like, goading these, like, goading them. Yep. Like, we know something you don't know. <laughs> yes. Which gets me to a, I will get on a high horse in a little bit about good old Malfoy. Yes. You know, so obviously Fred and George are taking the bait and they're just like, what is going on? Why are you guys so excited? And they're just like, oh, you're going to have to wait and see. Have fun. Bye-bye. Yes, because they do like to see those the twins get riled. <laughs> Which is fair. Which is like, fair. They rile everyone else up. So it's yeah. always fun to see the shoe and on the other foot. That's what the twins, like, that's what siblings do. Yes. That's how the world works. Mm-hmm. So now they're kind of all speculating, and Harry's just like, well, wait, Bagman wanted to tell us about what was going on at Hogwarts, too. Mm-hmm. But Barty stopped him. And it's here where we kind of, they overhear a snippet of conversation from mm-hmm. Malfoy, talking about how um, his dad wanted to send him to Durmstrang, but his mom just couldn't bear having him that far away. Yes. So here we hear of the other school. So now we've heard of um, Durmstrang and... Bobaton. Bobaton. Yep. I'm sure that will never come up again. It seems really unimportant. Seems super unimportant. Um, and so here we get a little bit more uh, background between the schools. So like the... Um, uh, how no one really knows where Durmstrong is and how those are like kind of like the three big like European wizarding schools and that they all kind of have like a little bit of rivalry and we also find out that nobody knows where Hogwarts is either and then they realize that they literally have no idea where Hogwarts is because it's never talked about ever right (laughs) yep but yeah so then they're trying to Think of where it could be, and Hermione's just like, well, it's probably in the very far north, because uh, they have fur capes as part of their uniform, so it's got to be somewhere cold. Which, valid, Hermione, love your power of observation. Yes. And so, they eventually start meeting some, some of their other friends. Um, and, and talking about the tri- the, the World Quidditch Cup. World Cup. Yep. Um, and as they're kind of, like, chatting about this, who should show up but Malfoy? Because the Destroyer of Fun must always show up. Yes. Um, so, of course, Mal- Mal- Malfoy notices the dress robes that Ron had put over Pig's cage to shut him up and starts making fun of him for it. Because, of course, he does. Because what else would a twat waffle do? I mean, what else would a jerk like that do? Yep. Um, and so then Malfoy starts teasing them because he knows what's going on. About saying, like, oh, we're going to enter. You know, there's money involved. I'm sure you'd do it just for the money. 
Mm-hmm. And Mark's just like, what are you talking about? And Malfoy just kind of keeps going. He's just like, oh, well, if you don't, I bet you're going to, Harry. Never miss a chance to show off. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they finally just go, hey, we don't know what you're talking about. Either tell us or get out. Mm-hmm. And then Malfoy kind of goes off on his little, like, oh, I'm so much better than you, Tangent, because I know... Well, your prob- dad probably just isn't of high enough importance in the ministry for them to tell him. Like, no, Malfoy. Everybody, all the adults in their family know. <laughs> they just have, you know, some ethics and right. keep things a secret when they're supposed to. Right. And don't share ministry secrets with just whoever they feel like that day. Right. I know. My, my note about that was just like, Malfoy's really laughing about how his father lacks any sort of secrecy at all. Like, yup. He's like, how was he a successful Death Eater? Because he can't keep a secret to save his life. He just goes blabbing about everything to his children, who all then proceed to blab it to anyone within earshot. Yeah, get it together. Mm-hmm. So eventually they leave, and Hermione try is like trying to calm down down Ron, because he's very mad about um, the treatment that he gets all the time, because tre- his family's poor. The treatment that he gets, yep. Um, and so, Ron's kind of in a foul mood for the rest of the ride, and they uh, get to where they're supposed to go, and they see Hagrid. Um, Good old Hagrid, we missed him! We missed him! And, because it's still downpouring, by the way, and they're like, uh, well, we're pretty lucky. We'd hate to be first years this year. <laughs> yes, and it does, because it continues to get worse every, t- the more the north they get. Yes. Um, but that ends chapter 11. And, as we finish that up, I just want to take a few moments to just talk about some other things that are going to be coming up. Before we get into the Triwizard Tournament next week. So, we just wanted to share some fun facts that you all listeners made possible through joining us on this journey of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. We Um, got some, yeah, we got some information about our 2022 recap. Yes, so... We, I'm just really excited. We have a couple of listeners from outside the United States. Most of our li- of you listeners are from inside, but we have some listeners from the United Kingdom, Canada, Switzerland, and Australia, which I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to get kind of some nice spread. Uh, yes. And we have popular cities in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, which is super cool. Yes. Uh, so even some, a little bit of diversity here. We mm-hmm. also have our top episodes of this last year, and I'm going to let Candace share those. <laughs> yes. So number at number one was the Sorcerer's Stone, chapters one and two. Number two was the introduction to the Puzzles of Potter. Number three was the Sorcerer's Stone, chapters three and four. Number four was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the movie. And then number five was the Chamber of Secrets movie, part one. So I'm glad to see that people like our movie reviews. <laughs> yes. So I'm just really excited that all of you have made this possible to get so many views and to get views from all over the world. And we just really want to spend a moment to thank you for all of that you guys have done just to bring our podcast a l- 
into the light a little bit more. We Mm -hmm. really appreciate any sharing of the podcast with others or putting an Apple review on the iTunes store. It makes a huge difference. For some reason, iTunes makes it so much easier for everybody to find our podcast no matter where you search for it. So those iTunes reviews are super important. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to support us, I think that's one of the best ways to do it. One of the best ways to do it. So much. Yes. And then also just thank you for listening. Like, we have a blast recording and rereading these chapters for you guys. So hopefully you guys have just as much fun listening to it (laughs) as we do recording. And I know that when I'm listening to podcasts, I sometimes just want to, like, enjoy the conversation with the people talking, even though, like, that's not how podcasts work. But So if you want to join in our conversation or you want to tell us something, please feel free to reach out to us through one of the methods of communication that we have in every episode description. And you can contact us on Facebook, I, Twitter, and email. email. Or if you think we should have a different way for you guys to contact us or a different social media, reach out and uh, maybe we'll think about adding that one to our list. So... Thank you so, so much. Thank you, guys. I appreciate all that you guys have done for us, and we can't wait to talk to you guys next week for the next chapter. Woo!